0: Good morning. Our scripture this morning comes from Ezekiel chapter thirty seven verses one through twelve. It's on page seven zero four in the Pew Bible. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many living in the valley, lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me. that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, to these these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to
1: God. Thank you, Amy. So Miss Marlene, who is one of my favorite readers and one of my favorite people, uh had a little tumble. She got a little scrape on her nose, her nose wasn't bleeding. She is in the hands of a very, very good physician. My very own wife, uh, so uh, that's good. And as I was kind of walking her back down the steps, I said, you know, the worst part of this is you don't get to read this passage, which is an awesome passage. She said, I know, I practiced so hard. <laughs> I'm so glad that you are here with us today, because today we are beginning a series called Best Stories Ever. And this story of Ezekiel and the valley of the dry bones and a God who can make dry bones live again, it is one of the greatest stories, not just in the Bible, it's one of the greatest stories I've ever read in my life anywhere. It's a fascinating story. Before we get into the details of it, I just want to give you a little background about what was happening. 587 years before Jesus was born, a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, he was the king of the nation of Neo-Babylon. He went and he he conquered the kingdom of Judah. And when I say conquer, I don't mean he just conquered it. He didn't just, just come and take it over. He destroyed it. Absolutely destroyed it. Archaeological records show us that he burned everything in the city that could be burned. And the things that couldn't be burned, he made sure they were torn down. One in particular structure was of great importance and note to the Israelite people The temple that Solomon had built 400 years ago, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed it in 587 when he conquered the kingdom of Judah. It was an absolute and unbelievably difficult time for these people. To add insult to this injury, not only did Nebuchadnezzar destroy the kingdom of Judah, but he took its people off into captivity with him back to Babylon And several of these people have become famous to history. A few weeks ago, we talked about three of them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had been taken back to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. They eventually would have a date with a fiery furnace. Next Sunday, we're talking about a young prophet by the name of Daniel who would come face to face with some very large kitty cats. But today, we're talking about a prophet named Ezekiel. Not only had Ezekiel been dispossessed of his home and his homeland, but he'd also lost his job. You see, in addition to being a prophet, Ezekiel was also a priest. So when the temple was destroyed and Ezekiel taken into captivity, he lost his job. He also had lost the promise that came to Israelite people from, from God. In Genesis chapter 15, God said to Abraham, I'm going to, you, I'm going to give you a people and I'm going to give you a land the people were the nation of israel the land was there on the eastern edge of the mediterranean and the king of babylon had taken the people away from their promise of the promised land ezekiel had lost his homeland he'd lost the promise he'd lost his job but worst of all the bible tells us a few weeks a few chapters before ezekiel 37 the bible tells us that ezekiel had just lost his wife that she died my point in telling you all this is to say I feel like Ezekiel was already living in a valley of dry bones before God ever took him to a valley of dry bones. And here's why I think it's important. Because I want to make this really important connection. I feel like there are some times in most of our lives, there are times in our lives when nothing is going the way we expected it to. Nothing's going the way that we thought it, it would when we're experiencing loss and fear maybe even the death of someone close to us there are times in our lives when we can find ourselves much like ezekiel in a valley and it feels dry it feels bone on bone and so god took ezekiel to this valley it was very dry and the bones were very many and god began to have a conversation with ezekiel started with God saying, mortal? I love that, by the way. Mortal. Doesn't call him Ezekiel, doesn't call him prophet, doesn't call him priest. God just wants to remind Ezekiel of the difference in their their existence. Ezekiel is mortal, and God is not. Ezekiel may face troubles and not know what to do about it, but God does not face those kinds of troubles. Mortal, God says. Mortal! Can these bones live now? I've heard this passage since I was a little kid. I remember in Sunday school. You remember I mentioned every once in a while those those felt boards they used in Sunday school with the little cutout characters. I remember my teachers telling me the story of Ezekiel in the valley of the dry bones with those felt boards. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say that? Hallelujah. Whew. All right. Good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. So I've heard it my whole life. I've I've preached about this passage before. I've talked about Ezekiel. I've talked about God. I've talked about the nation of Israel. But it wasn't until praying and preparing for this morning that something struck me. I'd never thought about the story from the perspective of the bones. I I did some research this week to try and figure out where, where is this valley of dry bones? And the answer is we don't know. I looked and I said, were there there some major battles just outside of Babylon in the hundred years prior to the middle of the 6th century? And the answer is yes, but we don't know. Was that the the place Jesus that God, God took Ezekiel? Maybe God took Ezekiel back to the Kidron Valley right outside of Jerusalem that was still festering with the bones of the people that Nebuchadnezzar had conquered. We don't know. But here's what we do know. We know it was the practice in the ancient Near East. It was the the military practice that when two armies came against each other, the victorious army, after it had slaughtered the other army, the victorious army would set about taking all of the valuables of those they had vanquished. They'd take their armor, they'd take their weapons, they'd take any money that they had. They took everything. And as a final insult to them they would leave this conquered army out in the middle of the field to rot. And I started to think this week about what it must have felt like to be the bones. The people who, who were gathered together as a, a great army and they were fighting against a foe and they realized that the battle had turned against them and perhaps they stood up as a final remnant but they realized the enemy was surrounding them. The enemy was closing in. And then nothingness the hopelessness of that moment. But that, that's where the story of the bones is so important. Don't you see? Because what the bones never saw coming was the fact that sometime later, a great God was going to show up and call those dry and dusty bones back to life, begin a new chapter in their story, a chapter they never, ever saw coming. What is the lesson we learn from the bones? The lesson we learn from the bones is this. There is always hope. There's always hope even when the battle is lost and the war is lost, the relationship is lost, the marriage is lost, even when the life of the one that we love is lost, even then, especially then, we are a people of hope. Why? Because our God can make dry bones live again. Every week, every week, without fail, every week, I read the prayer requests that come into our congregation. And I know, I know that some of you are going through difficult times right now. And so I think it just bears repeating. No matter the difficulty that you're experiencing. Perhaps you feel like you've lost the battle. Perhaps you feel like you've lost the war. Perhaps your relationship is in jeopardy. Your child is in jeopardy. Your life is in jeopardy. Perhaps you are sick. Perhaps the doctor has said that there is no hope. But we know better. Because the dry bones... Teach us that there is always hope. Mortal, can these bones live? I love the question. I also love Ezekiel's answer. Mortal, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, Oh Lord God! You know, that's a great answer, right? What a great answer. Maybe you don't feel like it's as great an answer as I do, but (coughs) I think it's a great answer. Maybe you don't like the answer because you think it is too optimistic. We're scientific people after all. Bones don't live again. That's silly. Or maybe if we look at Ezekiel's perspective... Maybe Ezekiel would have said, you know what, God, I've uh, I've lost my land, I've lost my job, I've lost my promise, I've lost my wife, I don't have very good luck, so no, it's not my experience that dead bones live again. But that's not what Ezekiel said. Maybe you think Ezekiel's answer wasn't optimistic enough. Maybe you think the prophet should have said, when God said, mortal, can these bones live? Maybe you think Ezekiel should have said, oh God, Lord God, of course they can, for you are great. But we know what was going on in Ezekiel's life. I don't know that Ezekiel had it in him in that moment to answer the question that way. See, the fascinating thing to me about the way Ezekiel answers the question, oh Lord God, you know, is that Ezekiel hadn't lost his faith. And he wasn't putting on airs. He wasn't acting like he had more faith than he had. Here's the lesson we learn from the prophet. When God calls... When God calls us, when God calls us to an act of love, when God calls us to speak life to dry bones, when God calls us to that act of piety or mercy, when God calls, the faith we have is faith enough. That's what we find from Ezekiel. When God calls, the faith we have is faith enough. I want to illustrate this by going somewhere else in the Bible for just a moment with you. I want to show you a picture of something called the Herodium. It's right there. It was a mountaintop fortress in the first century. Uh, On the left, you see it from an aerial view. You actually kind of see the basement. The fortress is actually fairly large on top of that mountain. On the right side, you see the, the mountain from the perspective of kind of street level. It was called the Herodium because it was built by King Herod the Great. And if that name sounds familiar to you, it should. It was King Herod the Great who was on the throne of Judea when uh, Jesus was born. It was to King Herod the Great that the the wise men came seeking the Christ child. He was one of the, the most powerful kings in Israel's history. What's so interesting though about him building a mountaintop fortress called the Herodium is that Until Herod decided to build a mountaintop fortress, there was no mountain there. There was a mountain about a mile to the west, but that wasn't where Herod the Great wanted his fortress. So he enlisted his servants to literally move the mountain about a mile, and they did. They moved the mountain, and and you might think, well, it's not that big, but actually that's the largest mountain in the Judean desert. And people all around Israel would have known that Herod the Great had done this, that he had the power to move a mountain. He was one of the most powerful people anyone had ever heard of in his time in Judah. And this was perhaps his most powerful act, and that's why I think it's so interesting that in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus says, if you have just a little bit of faith, just The faith of a mustard seed? You can say to this mountain, move from here to there. In Matthew 21, Jesus says, if you have just a little bit of faith, you can say to this mountain, not get up and move a mile from the west to the east. You can say to this mountain, if you have just a little bit of faith, you can say to this mountain, get up and move into the sea, and it will happen. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying just a little bit of faith is more powerful than the most powerful thing done by the most powerful person you've ever heard of. And Ezekiel teaches us that when God calls a little bit of faith, the faith that we have is faith enough. The bones teach us there's always hope. The prophet Teaches us it doesn't take a lot of faith. A little bit of faith. The faith we have is faith enough. We've learned from the bones. We've learned from the prophet. I want to spend our last couple of moments learning from our God in this story. Mortal? Can these bones live? Oh Lord God, you know. Mortal? Prophesy to the bones. So I prophesied to the bones, and I heard a great rumbling, and I saw the bones connected to bones and sinews and muscle and flesh and skin, but there was no life in them. It occurred to me this week that there are probably a fair number of people we interact with every day who have bones and muscles, sinew and flesh and skin, but who have no real life in them. So God said, Mortal, prophesy to the wind. The word wind there is in Hebrew the word ruach. It's the same word that's used in Genesis chapter 2 when God forms us from the dust of the earth and kneels down and kisses life into us with that, that breath, that the ruah. God says, mortal, prophesy to the ruah and I prophesy to the wind and I heard a mighty rustling. And then they stood up, a vast multitude. We've learned from the bones and we've learned from the prophet. Here's what we learn from our God in this great, great story. Our God will not abide death when life is an option. Somebody better say amen. Our God won't abide it. That's what the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was about. We were living in death even in the midst of our lives and God couldn't take it anymore. God won't abide death when life is an option. The bones teach us there's always hope. The prophet teaches the faith we have is faith enough. And our God teaches us that he will not abide death when life is an option. So it really leaves us with one question in the midst of this text. And it's this. Will we allow God to use us as God used Ezekiel to bring life to those who are around us? Those who are covered with skin and who have muscles and flesh and bones but have no real experience of life. Will we allow God to use us to help bring life to those who desperately, desperately, desperately need it? And you say, well, how practically? How do we do that? I could list some ways but mostly it's listening to the Spirit's leading. So the next time that I've got a, a colleague at work who is hurting and who is suffering, perhaps I walk up and say to him, I, I know that you're having a tough time and I don't want to overstep my bounds, but I'm a person of faith and I believe in prayer and I'm wondering, would you let me pray with you right now? Right here, right now, just the two of us. The next time I encounter somebody in my life a friend who's struggling to find hope. I sit down with her and I talk to her about a God who has the power to put flesh and breath into dry bones again. And I tell her about it and I sit with her until she too can see that there is indeed hope. And when the moment is right, yeah, when the moment is right, I sit, stop and I ask the question of that person, hey, have I ever told you what Jesus did for me? I think He can do it for you too. The question, the question that we get from this amazing, beautiful story of an amazing, beautiful God, the question is the same that God asked of Ezekiel, mortal. Can the bones around you live The bones teach us there's hope. The prophet teaches the faith we have is faith enough. And our God, our God teaches us that He will not stand for death when life is an option. Mortal. Can these bones live. Would you pray with me? Holy God, you are the source of all power in this world. A greater power than any other power we have known. Yours is power greater than evil, greater than sin, greater than death and fear. And you've proven it time and time again. God, we give you thanks that you are the source of our hope. We give you thanks that when you call us to do something, it's not our power, but yours. And all we need is just a little bit of faith. We give you thanks, O God, for your relentless and unyielding, unwavering, absolute commitment that you will not stand for death when life is an option. God, I pray that if, there are anyone, if there's any person here today who has yet to experience life from Christ, I pray that this would be the day that they would ask you very simply and very calmly and very securely into their lives by saying a simple prayer like this. Father, I have sinned. I've hurt you. I've hurt others. And I've hurt myself. Forgive me and help me to truly live. Can I pray for anyone who prayed that prayer here today. And I ask, oh God, that you would help all of us, every single person in this room, help us to understand the call you've placed on our lives to help the dead bones live again. We pray all of this in the powerful name of the Lord of resurrection himself the name that is called Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen.